0: Welcome to the Startup Field Guide, where we learn from successful founders of unicorn startups how their companies truly found product market fit. I'm your host, Sandhya Hegde, and today we'll be doing something different. When we interview founders, they often talk about how challenging it is and how crucial it is to get their first 10 hires right. These early stage hires help define the culture of the company, They need to be both doers and leaders. They need to be able to prioritize ruthlessly. And over time, they need to grow with the company and have an outsized impact on the success of your business. Needless to say, it's extremely difficult to interview for all of these needs. So we are starting a new series called Bright and Early to spark a conversation around how to interview early-stage hires at startups and how these early-stage hires can be successful at startups. Our first guest will be Naveen Gavini, the head of products at Pinterest, who first joined the company over 11 years ago as an engineer and has had an incredible career-defining role at the company. Interviewing him will be my colleagues from Unusual Ventures, Rachel Starr and Chris Marty. If you enjoyed this interview, uh, please check out a link in the show notes for our blog and our newsletter, and subscribe so that you can get notifications for every interview in the Bright and Early series that will be published on our blog starting this week. Enjoy.
1: Well, Naveen Gavini, welcome to to Bright and Early. We are delighted to have you on today. Thanks for having me. So, Naveen, you joined Pinterest back in 2011. And currently you are SVP of of, of products. Um, that's a long, very long tenure. Tell us a little bit about your journey getting to Pinterest in in the first place.
2: Yeah, totally. So um, we'll have to rewind to 2011, which kind of feels like yesterday some days, but also feels like an eternity ago on other days. Um, but you know, if you think about that time in 2011, this was kind of the start of really the mobile ecosystem in that mobile era. And so today... I know AI is like the hottest topic and everyone's talking about how they have an AI company. But if you rewind to 2011, it was really all about mobile. And I think the intersection of like social location and mobile was like the hot fad at the time. There was all sorts of startups that were trying to conquer that area. Um, And so, you know, at the time I was uh, working at some of the bigger tech companies. It was at Yahoo um, and I was working uh, primarily on mobile development there. And I really wanted to uh, take a leap and, and work at a startup. Ultimately, I want to start wanted to start my own company, and so I thought that you know I'd go work at a startup for a couple of years. Uh, and it turned out to be an amazing journey, uh, where you know I spent the next eleven years working. But uh, but that's kind of what motivated me at the time to to really get into mobile development. How, how did you first get connected to the team at at Pinterest? Tell us the story. Oh yeah, so funny story is that, um, you know, early, early in those days, like everyone was just building and, um, and, um, and I remember getting reached out by a few people, whether it was like a recruiter, uh, or, you know, uh, a friend of mine that was investing in the company at the time reached out and said, Hey, uh, have you heard about this company, Pinterest? They're building cool stuff. And I remember at the time what my, barometer was for kind of products and services was really just to ask lots of friends and family of what were the products that they loved, what would they love using. And I remember when I would ask around about Pinterest, most people didn't hear about it, but the friends of mine that were women, like actually it had like kind of this cult following and people loved it. And and so I was just like, there's got to be something really interesting going on. And so I remember just trying to take every channel I had to meet with Ben uh, who was the co-founder at the time. Um, and so I remember rep- responding to headhunters and recruiters and uh, and uh, my friend that was investing. And I was just like, just get me get me in the door. I'd love to meet with Ben um, because I, I there was something special about what they were building because there was a small segment of an audience that really loved the product.
3: And it'd be great if you could just walk us through a little bit of what your interview process was like. Who did you meet? What types of questions did you talk about with the team?
2: Yeah, so I... Um, the initial couple of meetings were with the co-founders of the company so Ben and Evan and um, you know it was a, it was a really great conversation I was just struck by how passionate they were about what they were building um, how excited they were about the mission and you know in those early days when you're when you're talking to a lot of startups like a lot of people are in the same phase so it's really hard to judge you know the differences and what I thought It came down to for me was really the people and really understanding like what drove them and how they talked about what they were building. And for me, like I said, my motivation really was ultimately to start my own company. And so I kind of viewed it as like diving into a real deep learning hole of like, where am I going to learn the most? And what I loved about meeting the early Pinterest team was everyone was super talented. They were super passionate about what they were building. Um, and I remember just like geeking out with Evan, um, you know, who was a designer by background and he designed like kind of that iconic Pinterest grid on, on web. And we were just talking about really well-designed products and, uh, how products should make you feel when you use them. And I just, I just knew like, I had to work with this guy. I was like, I have to work with him. It doesn't matter, you know, what they pay me. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to learn so much by like working with him, and we just clicked on such a values-based perspective. And so, um, so that was kind of you know some of the early conversations. And then you know I met more of the team, and it was kind of interesting at that time because it was coming from a big company where I was interviewing people, and it was a very structured process. And I remember the Pinterest process to be like really organic. I remember emailing Ben when I finally was able to get connected with him, and he was like, uh, "Team's really busy right now, can't talk." And then the next week, you know, he emailed me on a Wednesday going like, hey, can you come in tomorrow? I think we should do kind of like an interview type thing. And uh, and that was it. And I showed up and, you know, we had a conversation and I had a conversation with Evan and I came back and met more people on the team and and kind of so on and so forth. And so, um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the early days.
3: And as you think about kind of your long-term goal of eventually starting your own company, what was it that you were optimizing for or how did you think about making your decision I know when folks are kind of in that part of their career journey, sometimes people are optimizing for upside or salary or lifestyle or other different factors. So I'd be curious how you thought about kind of weighing your decision and ultimately, like, what was the the key drivers that allowed you to kind of get confidence in joining Pinterest?
2: I think there's three factors to me. And the first is just the team and the people. And I knew that whatever I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with these people. And so I need to both like really respect them from a, a, an area of, of like that I can learn and grow from them. And I want to spend that time with them. But then also that they're just like genuinely good people that you want to hang out with, that you want to spend that time with, that you want to get to know and, and kind of be friends with. Because um, when the company is so small, I think friendship goes a really long way um, because like ultimately what you're building may not be successful, but at least he made some really good friends along the way and so so that was like one the second was like you know this idea of um, of learning and so like could I learn from these people as we build um, so that was like a big part um, and I kind of talked about that number one and then number three was like actually the idea itself and so what I get really passionate about spending my time on a day to day basis working on this and I think what validated that was the opinions of my friend group of like how much they loved that product, and then me spending more and more time on that product and thinking about its potential future and the evolution. And when I thought more deeply about Pinterest and this idea of collecting and following your interests and your hobbies and passions, like I just thought there was like an endless amount of ideas that could spin off of that idea, whether it was you know shopping, whether it was visual discovery, whether it was um, search. Like so, so Pinterest was like a very early service at that time, and so. But I remember having those conversations with Ben really early on and going like, hey, like, this thing could take a life of many, many shapes and forms. And I think that ability to have like a dynamic, forward-looking road that you're not sure how it's going to turn out, but there's a lot of optionality out there, and you're excited about the product in its current state, and then you're excited about the possibilities. I think, I think that was the third thing to me that that was really exciting.
1: I mean, so you joined Pinterest as an
2: iOS engineer, you know, quite, quite frankly,
1: before mobile became viewed as this massive platform for, for growth. Of course. And one of the things that's so fascinating about your story is you go on to lead you know, design orgs and product orgs, but in the very early days, um, you know, we all hear that startups are chaotic and there's not a lot of structure or focus. What was, what was life like for you in that first year as an engineer um, and you know, how did you assign some focus t- to your day to day? I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, joining a startup, I think I, I have a very um, lucky story in a lot of ways, and a, and a very a story that a lot of people look at and go, "Like that's amazing." Uh, but I would just say, like, it's it's a lot of hard work. It's a, it's a it's a ton of hard work in the early days, and um, and I remember um, the early days just just working all of the time, you know, all the time. And and what's interesting now in hindsight is the mobile. Transition seemed so obvious, but in the moment it actually wasn't really that obvious. And especially when I joined Pinterest, Pinterest primarily was a website, and it was filled big, beautiful imagery. And there was a lot of questions internally of like, "Hey, are we making the right bet with like you know working on mobile with like you know we have a very small team of like ten to fifteen people." And we've got like a lot of them focused on this mobile thing. Is this actually going to pay off? Or is it, are we wasting our time? Or should we just focus on being a website? And uh, you know, if you rewind to 2011, 2012, like all the apps that you use today, Uber, Lyft, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, like they were all in their infancy, or some of them didn't even exist at that time, right? So, so that's like the era that we were in. And and so um, you know, it was a lot of hard work on a day-to-day basis. And you know, um, it was a lot of hard work to prove even internally that those apps are gonna be worth it. I remember some of the most frustrating points of the day to day was that I would be working on stuff and even people within the company wouldn't use what I was building. And kind of I thought like at the time, like it was like, hey, you're kind of wasting your time. <laughs> and, and like, cause everyone uses the website, like who's gonna go use this mobile app? Um, and so that was hard. That was really, really hard. Um, and, uh, and I think over time you kind of have to just believe, um, that it's going to work and you got to believe and kind of work at it and work at it and, um, and kind of pivot along the way. But, but, uh, but yeah, that, that I think is some of it. And then, and then I think the team, um, worked incredibly hard that the, the early days are so fun to reflect on, but in the moment they were so stressful. Like we had the site going down every four hours, like people were on call all night. Um, you know, we were going to lunch and we couldn't even actually have lunch in Palo Alto without, you know, the site going down and one of us having to like run back to the office to go debug it. So like so much like stress at that time. But when you look back on it, you look back it on really fondly. But uh, but yeah, everyone was working incredibly hard in those early days. I, I think you're 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 speaking of this this kind of mobile foray, I think a little
1: little humbly, I think, you know, I know the story of when this actually launched and the growth that came is really exciting. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that moment. And I think that the months after that, that sort of cemented this as a focus and then peripherally, you know, you alluded to this, but how did you find that internal commitment and buy-in to actually working on this app, right? Like, how did you bring others along to make sure like you believed in it? How'd you get others on board uh, as
2: well? Yeah, well, I mean, selfishly for me, I believed in it because I just wanted to work on building a mobile app. <laughs> and so I was kind of <laughs> on that. And I kind of, you know, I kind of was like, hey, if it doesn't work out, like, so be it. And I'll go start my company um, after after building this app. But but I do think, um, you know, the company at some point needed to make a decision. And I think it was. um kind of the spring of 2012. And so I joined in January of 2012. And I think we, you know, we kind of working away for a couple months, um, not really like super focused on it. Once again, like there was a couple people working on it. The rest of the company was focused on other things, keeping the website going, building new features, um, just kind of scaling. Right. Um, and, and I remember, you know, in the spring you know, we, we kind of brought the entire team together, which was like maybe 15 approaching, maybe 20, 30 people at that point. But, um, came, we all sat down in Palo Alto and we basically said like, Hey, like we either got a bet on this thing or we don't. And I remember we called it, we dubbed it like the summer of apps. And we were, we actually like had everyone at the company committed to working on those applications. It didn't matter what your job was. It was like, you got to support making these apps and get them over the line. And And that's what the final push was for us. And it helped us catalyze and get those things out. And for us, I think it was a really well-timed decision that worked out because we launched those apps in the summer. And within a couple of weeks, we saw more of our traffic go to mobile than web. And I think within two to three weeks, we started to see like 80% of our traffic come in over mobile and uh, and then the remaining 20% over web. So instantaneously, there was like this amazing platform shift that happened. And it was just so well-timed with our growth curve that so much of our future growth was coming in mobile first. And so, so, and, and I think today we're, we have the same sort of usage breakdown across platforms, but once again, like I think just right time, right place uh, and, and a really well-timed decision. And I think the company was willing to take a bet on it at that time.
3: That's fantastic. And kudos to you for leading the charge on that. Something obviously that's become such a big part of the history of the company. Um, I'm curious, you know, Throughout your time at Pinterest, you've held the number of different roles, kind of this leading the charge on mobile being the first of many. How did you think about managing your career and your path within the company? or were there moments where you thought about leaving um, and ultimately decided to stick it out?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, the the journey often looks like an awesome straight line, and I think there's always highs and lows. and um, I think that uh, there's many times where I've considered you know doing something different. Um, But always what I've optimized for is like this idea of um, getting excited about the next problem, basically, like what was the next problem to solve? And I think in any high growth company, what's really exciting is that there's no shortage of problems. Um, And so I can like, I can trace all the way back, like, you know, 11 years and think about like year one, what was I excited about? And it was like just crafting the most beautiful, elegant mobile app. That's, That's all I cared about. I was obsessed about that problem. And then like fast forward a couple of years and I was like, okay, well, how do I now build a team of people that are like obsessed with that same problem? How do you build a culture of like a very small mobile team and kind of build the best mobile team in the Valley? Like that was kind of my focus. And then, you know, over time you're like, okay, well now how do we build features that like pinners love? Like, so I got obsessed with that for a couple of years and led a lot of our consumer engineering efforts of like, how do we build teams of people that build really great products um not just like a mobile app but new features and functionality that pinners are going to love um you know there's a period of time where i you know had the privilege of leading the design team and and there was a challenge at our doorstep which was you know the design of our application across our different platforms was just getting um so unwieldy and how do we like redesign our whole service across all of our platforms in an elegant way and do it really quickly. Um, and so I was like, that would be a really fun problem to work on. And so it led me to like leading an entirely different function, which is which is wild to think about. So along the journey and then and then you know more recently, um, you know, in my current roles, it's really been more about like how do we build a product culture and a company and and you know a company that people love to work at and can hire great talent and a brand that people really love and respect. And so if you think about it like in the early days it was like caring about the pixels and now it's like really caring about what the brand means to the world and how do we become a platform for change and what what how do we like push forward some of the viewpoints that we have to influence broader consumer technology and so so it's a whole gamut but getting yourself excited about the next problem and kind of focusing in on that and i think if you're able to like laser focus in on that problem generally like it takes time like it takes 12 to 18 months to really like solve a problem and so if you look at my track record actually it's kind of ironic like every two to three years is like there's like a shift (laughs) because like i'm kind of bored and looking for that next like problem or challenge
3: and i know in our prep call one of those moments we talked a little bit about was your shift to leading the design team and how coming from engineering and moving into design was it maybe the most obvious move within the company um, and ultimately, kind of building camaraderie and helping to build that team. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that was like?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, um, it was probably actually one of the hardest moments um, for me at Pinterest. And um, you know, I during my course of work on the engineering team, um, you know, my background in working on mobile apps or consumer features, I worked very closely with our designers, and there was a lot of love and respect. And I learned so much from from them um but i will tell you like it's another thing when um you're announced that the company is the head of design and you show up and uh, every designer um is like yeah uh i now report to an engineer like what the hell is going on um and so overcoming that hurdle yeah. and really um both on a personal level both like because there's a lot of like imposter syndrome of like hey like what am i doing here like i don't I'm not a designer by trade. Um, I know a lot about design and I, I can respect and, and uh, value great design. And I've learned a lot from the designers I work with. But ultimately, like, you know, I know that I'm an engineer, an engineer by trade. And so I'm not fooling anyone, you know, <laughs> that I'm going to out-design them. But but what I, what I realized over time was that um, when you think about leadership and when you think about the things that you can offer, I think during that period, um, we had immense amount of collaboration between design and engineering. And I think we were able to execute a really bold project of redesigning the service across all our platforms. And once again, like my focus was never like that. I want to lead the design team. It was really that like, I want to, I want to, I want to enable and empower the design team to be able to redesign the platform or redesign the service across all our platforms. And through the work there was a lot of respect that was built, a lot of trust that was built. And actually, none of the designers that I thought were going to leave on day two actually left. They're still here four years later. Um, but but it was like really through the work and focusing on that and figuring out how I can really empower them. And so it was a lot of self-learning about me of what I'm capable of as a leader. Uh, and it was also, I think, a great learning moment for the organization to kind of not reject people at face value because of their disciplinary background and really understand like what they could bring to the table. And for me, I was never, you know, telling people how to design, but I was helping kind of bridge that relationship with engineering and then get us over the hump on getting a project out that was very, very ambitious. I mean Pinterest is one of the like I think one of the first companies I I
1: sort of think of as establishing, I guess in the early 2010s and and beyond this really core dynamic where end product and design are seen as equals. Right, like everybody has a seat at the table, and I think there are many orgs that do well that can't establish that, and it's it's challenging. Are there any examples you can share about what tactically systems process that led to achieving that kind of equal footing? Uh, would would love some thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, so I, a huge credit to you know the early team Ben and Evan specifically. Like you know we had our original company values, and we called it we had this value called knitting. And knitting was the idea that um, like when you knit together different disciplines and you truly like understand their backgrounds, and what they bring to the table, your solutions are going to be far, far better because of it. And so when we think about building products, when I think about building products at a core DNA level, like when I think about any team that I assemble, the best teams I've ever worked on. People don't look at each other as like you're the designer, I'm the engineer, you're the product manager. All the disciplinary lines go away, and you're really just focused on bringing the best solutions to the table. So what that looks like in practice, oftentimes, is like the designer uh, telling the engineer, "Hey, like there may be a better technical way to do that. Have you tried this?" Or the engineer like telling the designer, "Like hey, if we just do it this differently, I could like make this animation work or make this like come alive in a better way." And so. There's this beautiful collaboration that happens. And I think you can tell when you use a product that, that you can you can actually really tell like what the team behind it uh, feels like and how it's composed. And so for us, like what we did early on was really try to create teams in which we blurred those disciplinary disciplinary lines. And so when I was, you know, working on a lot of those mobile apps or features, you know, when I was working with designers, I would invite them in to engineering reviews. Um, and, you know, I would actually have them, you know, critique the prototypes we had and push on them. And similarly, like the engineers would be really involved in the design process. So the designer like, you know, would be basically designing right next to the engineer and, and and they would be prototyping together. And it was like this beautiful harmony that would that would happen. And I often think as companies scale, it's harder and harder to create that sort of environment. But in the early days of Pinterest, we did such a good job of doing that. And um, And it takes a lot of uh, recognition of great ideas from other people to be able to do that, and I think like that's what led to some of our biggest breakthroughs in sort of design and user experience was the recognition that like we can push each other to do things. So when I was working on mobile, I worked with Evan directly on the mobile app, and at the time, it was it was really really hard to render a grid of images on a mobile device that was like on a terrible internet connection. But you know he pushed me and said like, hey, like it wouldn't be Pinterest if we didn't have a grid. So like. And as an engineer, you're like, you're right. Like, I can't compromise. I got to figure out how to make that problem solved. And likewise, like there was a design solution on how to do it better. I'd push him. And so that's kind of how it emerged in the early days. And I think by modeling that culture, um, it just kind of like progressed. And I think a lot of our teams even today embody that sort of inter- interdisciplinary culture of knitting.
3: Super interesting. I'd be so curious to think about with that culture in mind. How did you suss out in an interview for those early hires, whether or not they were a fit for this knitting culture and whether they would be able to kind of integrate with the process that you already had in place of this kind of cross-functional collaboration?
2: So culture fit was a really big, big thing we screened for. And I think in the early days, Ben Ben and Evan, the co-founders of the company, I think they did culture interviews far into The growth of the company, I I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say like, even when we were maybe 200 people or so, or we were still like, I think they might've been on every interview for a very long period of time. And I remember having some really stellar people that, you know, just amazing at what they do. And I think we said no. I was in some debriefs where we were like, they were like, nope, we're not going to hire this person. They're just not the right cultural fit. Um, They're not going to, you know, they're going to they're going to be amazing, but they're going to be amazing on their own, and they're not going to actually like want to, you know, play with others and help others grow and and take, you know, receive others' ideas. And so, uh, so I think that that was like really important. And I think, um, and I think we slowly started to expand that group of culture interviews. So I think culture interviewing was like a really big part of the process early on to screen and make sure that people fit in. And yeah, we turned away a lot of really good people that were talented at what they do, but may not be the right culture fit.
1: I mean, I could I could ask you questions about early stage hiring for the next forty five minutes, but we won't we won't go there. Uh, maybe we can nerd out on that some other time. But but I think w- one more question there that I think relates to y- your clear success in navigating hyper growth as an early employee. You know, for those who are thinking about doing the same or struggling to do the same, right, in an environment where you kind of have to find your next step and reach for it. Um, what's your advice? I mean, how would you coach those to navigate the early days of a startup if their goal is not to leave in two years, but to make the best career for themselves
2: at one place over time? The journey that I went on on Pinterest was getting excited about a new problem, you know, every, every so often, every couple of years and really sinking into that problem and and really trying to like learn and become, uh, the best at solving that problem, and I think like that same thing applies to anyone that's joining a company at any stage, really. But especially at a startup, I think that there are so many problems, and I think if you can kind of come in and really get focused and excited about something, uh, but have a really open mind is the other other thing, right? Like you know, if you were to tell me when I started, you know, the I think I was like 24 when I started at Pinterest, like the, the kid that was me at 24 starting at Pinterest that was obsessed with just making a mobile app, if you were to tell me one day you're going to care about, you know, uh, people problems and HR systems and, you know, the brand of the P- of Pinterest, like I would have told you, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not what I'm passionate about. But, but I think if you have an open mind and are open to being presented problems, challenges, and then can get excited about them, I think that's really what Startups and the dynamic environment was all about. Like you know, when I worked in a big tech company, you know you were working in your little space in this giant like machine that was like operating. And you know the 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 change factor was so little. Like over a multi year period, I think like one or two people may have like left my team, but we're still working on the same thing, still doing the same you know, but you know when you think about a startup, like over a three year period, the company may be in a completely different state. The team might have grown by, and 20x, like, um, you know, you might have pivoted in terms of your strategy. Um, But so I think keeping an open mind is really important. Then being able to engage in those problems in a really deep way and get excited and, and kind of put blinders on and lock in on that, I think is also important because you need a bit of patience for things to play out as well.
3: I guess with all of that in mind, it's so clear that you've been extremely thoughtful about every phase in your journey. Um, so I know Chris and I are both wondering, and we've chatted a little bit about it. But um, what's next for you, and what's sort of that next problem that you're excited to to go forth and solve?
2: Yeah. So um, you know, I recently announced that I'm going to be leaving Pinterest. It was a hard decision after you know uh, 11 plus years, and uh, I have nothing but love for the company and and confidence in the future of the company and you know, um, Bill, uh, the CEO and I have been kind of working on a search for a long time and, you know, we're welcoming an amazing successor, uh, coming on board. And, um, and so, uh, but for me, it's really to just honor that kind of dream that I set out, like when I started at Pinterest to, to go found something. And so I feel like now after 11 years, um, it's finally time to do that. And, uh, I'm really excited. I think there's so much happening in, um, the uh, the AI space right now and I think uh I feel like it's in a very similar era to mobile um when you know I embarked on that journey with Pinterest and so I'm really excited to just get back to um the zero to one phase and kind of honor uh, that journey and try it all over again essentially um and so that's kind of what I'm really excited about next
1: Naveen, I mean, thank you for for spending time with us and and sharing your thoughts I think this has been enlightening. I think something that will stick with me is the advice to seek out problem areas that interest you, uh, which is I think counter to what many people think, which is just follow your track, right. And, and take the next rung in your function. Um, we wish you the best of luck, uh, in in the next adventure and do keep in mind that we are investors after all. So, uh, (laughs) hopefully, (laughs) hopefully you'll come calling.
2: Awesome. Well, it was great. Great being on this podcast. Um, thanks for having me once again. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll talk more soon.
0: You've been listening to the Startup Field Guide with Sangha, an unusual ventures podcast. Stay connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you liked what you heard, please rate our show and help us reach more aspiring founders with lessons on how to find product market fit.